ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯಂ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾ ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿಓಂ ಎರಿವನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮ್ ಟು ಟುಡೇಸ್ ಜಿ ಡಿ ಸ್ಲೈಟ್ ಚೇಂಜ್ ಇನ್ ಫಾರ್ಮ್ಯಾಟ್ ಥ್ಯಾಂಕ್ಸ್ ಟು ಸಮ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಫೀಡ್ಬ್ಯಾಕ್ ವಾಟ್ ವಿ ಗಾಟ್ ಆನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಸರ್ವೇ uh looks like we probably will have to pause the chanting part of our uh, uh gd for some time maybe at a later point of time i will do another survey and if there's an interest which comes up then we will probably pick it up at that point of time so at this point of time we will pause the point uh, pause the chanting so we'll continue with the gd and uh, you know those of you who are uh, disappointed that it is stopped you know please don't be because uh, you know it'll start again sooner or later trust me on that you know it's going to come back <laughs> you know when when we when we realize that this is this this is getting interesting and important then it'll come back and that's what that's the journey that i personally went through so so please do not be and for those of you who have expressed that yes this is not uh, relevant right now that's fine no problem we will pause it and then we will take it forward so either way it's good news so it's fine so we'll keep it that way okay so uh, i'm going to quickly summarize what uh, we discussed in uh, the last gd and uh, uh, i i tried to listen to last gd about two times and i know that we we did multiple topics but uh, uh, let me quickly summarize what i have noted down in in the uh, in the last uh, uh, gd what what i discussed so we discussed shlokas 2.18 and 2.19 um and uh, uh we start off by talking about uh, you know what happens uh, at death what exactly travels and if 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 there is a soul and if that soul does not travel or does it travel and uh, what does uh, if the soul does not if the soul is eternal what does it mean and we said that an eternal means that the, you know the there are constraints of space time and object constraints those don't remain so which basically means that the soul is everywhere at all times and in all objects and everything that we see so it's all pervading that's we discussed that part of it so which basically means that if if uh, a death is happening and if something is traveling to from one place to another place by letting go of one body and taking another body then it can't be that atma it has to be something else that travels and we talked about that a little bit then we also talked about uh, uh, we talked about uh, uh, you know if that is a case then is the body not important at all then if the body is not important at all then why do people like actors and sportsmen you know they have extra care of their bodies and we also you know extrapolated that saying that not just actors and sportsmen but even we also common people like us we also have that uh, importance for the body and therefore we do take care of the bodies as such and uh, uh, how do you know how does this in, how do we interpret this in the context of the vedanta teaching how do we interpret importance of a body or a mind so we talked about that that part of it as well and uh, uh, then uh, then we also talked about this interesting word which uh, which comes in these two shlokas and a word called aprameya which means uh, uh, unknowable something that is not 
known by the common sense organs that that i mean common sense of uh, 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 bodies of knowledge that human beings can perceive so uh, then uh, we also uh, you know discussed about uh, the six ways in which human beings receive knowledge which is uh, you know alpana uh, you know explained that very well pratyaksha knowledge which is a direct perception through our sense organs parokshas inference like uh, saying that if there is a, a smoke somewhere there has to be a fire somewhere and then anupalabdhi which is an absence of something or comparison you compare something and say okay then you derive a better knowledge about uh, what you are comparing it to and then data analysis artapatti and then the last one which is the uh, shabda which is coming from the uh, uh, shruti or the vedas which say, which which claim which say with authority that there is a reality which is beyond what we perceive and that's the apramaya and and then uh, we also talked about how uh, the vedas describe uh, the existence of this particular principle the atma principle in multiple ways uh, one common common method of description is uh, not this not this kind of a method called as neti neti method then there are other other methods like paradoxical statements you know it is big as well as it is small you know smallest of the smallest biggest of the biggest kind of thing and then we also talked about how other uh, uh, quote unquote uh, uh, religions describe like you know things like you know buddhism talks about uh, uh, silence as for example or nothingness for example and things like that um, then finally we also said okay um, when different people say this is atma what do they really mean right for some it could mean uh, something else for somebody else it could mean something else so contextually they could be saying it in different ways so we have to really really understand it and uh, as a corollary maybe we discussed this we did not discuss this but it, it this this was an important point that i remembered so uh, one of the things that uh, i think maybe we discussed it i think it was a question from chitra that we asked that somebody asked uh, chitra asked and somebody answered i don't remember who i think uh, we said that you know that different times uh, the words in the scriptures can have different contextual meaning so referring to a dictionary meaning and understanding that particular shloka may not be the right thing because sometimes atma can refer to the the brahman or the atma sometimes it can refer to refer to the mind sometimes it can refer to you know uh, something else like uh, completely different than what we would think for example it could refer to uh, uh, somebody's child as atma as well so it's it's always important that we need a guidance of a quote unquote guru uh, for us to really understand what these commonly used words mean so that there's no misinterpretation of what happens so that's what we think we broadly covered and um, then we go on to three additional shlokas today which is uh numbers uh uh 20 21 and 22 of uh, the chapter 2 so if i missed something some major point from the last gd please feel free to uh share that so that we all of us can get onto the common ground and then go forward thank you rajesh as always very good all right so i did notice that this week was a very very quiet week on the chat group especially when it comes to aha moments so but i'm pretty sure that there are a lot of aha moments so i'm i'm eager to listen to it there you go chitra start off 
Okay. Uh, yeah, the, these three shlokas were really uh, very interesting for me, uh, from my point of view. Um, the most uh, interesting thing that I uh, really liked was uh, the last. Can we go to any part of the shloka? Or do you have to go in? A... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like the last, the third shloka where uh, Swami Chinyananda is saying, um, "Who decides when death should occur for the body?" Um, and uh, I really thought that was a very, very, uh, a very interesting uh, comment that he makes. That it is the uh, ego or the mind intellect you know i'm still not very clear but at least now i've understood the mind and the intellect pretty well um they decide when they want to leave so it is uh, uh, per se because i identify with my own mind and intellect and i assume that is me uh, i decide when i want to leave a body because uh, i need to get another experience or a different experience and this body is not uh, equipped enough and I really like the way he talks about how even for a rich man, you know, the house might be not suitable for him, but for another person who's buying, it might be perfect. So it might look to us from the outside that how come there's a young person dying, but for that young person, the next evolution was already there and they needed to move on. So I, I thought that was a very a beautiful way of uh, talking about Death and especially a lot of us keep wondering why do young people die? I thought that was a very beautiful uh, way of putting why young people. Die. I liked it. Yeah, I, Chitra, thanks for uh, you know sharing that because you know this is a uh, uh, I struggled with this concept for a pretty long time, and uh, the one of the things that that uh, uh, that solidified that you know it is that that we take the decision when to die as as individuals kind of you know demystified death right and also the second thing is uh, uh, in the common perception it seems to us that most of us uh, just take only one part of our personality as us which is the body right and then uh, yeah there is an existence of mind which we can't see where it is and uh, it's we don't even we can't even define mind and if you go to a dictionary definition it's really hard to find that thing out but then that mind seems to be controlling everything what we do in our life, right? And, and you know, uh, and, you know the, the question that, okay, what happens when somebody dies and whether the mind also dies or not, nobody can answer that unless and until you have a third source like the scriptures which says, okay, this seems to be what is happening at death, right? And, and so basically at the end of the day, you know, the the body dies, the mind does not die, the mind continues to find a new body is such a powerful insight that can actually get rid of several problems that we have. True, true, I agree. And uh, what I really like is for a long time, I had this confusion If the soul is deathless. And if the body is dying, what is the connection between the two? So I think I really like that. Uh, connection in between of the mind and the intellect, which basically takes the saga on. Um, yeah, uh, it's getting to be a bit more clearer. Of course, it's all <laughs> theoretical. <laughs> It'll take some time to become practical. No, it, it cannot be theoretical because you cannot say that we have not died. We have all died. We've got the experience. So <laughs> it's not theoretical. It's practical experience, but forgotten practical experience. Ranjali, I see your hand raised. Yeah, I had a question actually on... Um, the first loka, which is number 20, it 
he talks about the bodies prone to different changes and these are the sources of all our sorrows and then he talks about the six um, changes you know birth existence growth decay disease and death so what is the difference between birth and existence which is kind of confusing to me a little bit because sometimes i just think they're synonymous so can somebody explain what is the difference between birth and existence that's alpana's question so um <laughs> i can take a shot at it it's actually quite similar but uh, the way it's just to exclude any possibility of confusion they say when a child is born um but but the moment it takes that individuality that existence so they're just trying to differentiate the two things because uh, and and probably what it is trying to say is uh, um if it's if you create something that maybe which is insentient it's a birth of that that thing but it doesn't come into existence because it doesn't go through the other because it's insentient it doesn't have life so it you you don't say that it has come into existence so that's why they try to differentiate between these two things that the birth is just creating a new anything new not necessarily just a living being so that's the birth of anything and then coming into existence is actually then it has an in, independent identity it's almost like cutting that umbilical cord versus you know delivering so once the umbilical cord is cut the person is now independent so 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 that's why they they differentiate between the the two stages that's what my understanding is though i did struggle with this uh, this concept but that's how i understood it eventually and also uh, you know just to add on to it will will explain alpan i think the way that i have uh, understood this is you know something can't come out of nothing right that means something must have existed before and that existence is manifesting into reality by taking birth vp yeah so rajesh when you said that we we must have died uh, it brought back my old question to mind uh, that we don't remember that right and if we had if we would remember who we were in our prior life then at least you would have a good jumping off point to not to do certain things in this life and you know get better karma so i'm just curious like uh, you know if anybody has any thoughts on that i have a very tangential thought and i you're giving me a great idea to write a book about this <laughs> <laughs> i i want to ask you vp but what if your previous life was not good then you'll be feeling so sorry for yourself <laughs> well so see that's the point whether for good or for bad at least you have some jumping off point right uh, the fact that you are in this life you should if you know who you were and what bad things you did or good things then you can just work upon it right so at least this whole framework that we have been saying that we never die and we continue to live in different bodies at least that will be proven for fact for a fact 
<laughs> I can reiterate my answers if you want, Rajesh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the two answers that I always give. One, you've lived through every possible life that you see around. So, so what's the point of remembering? You can see anybody and say, okay, I was this in my some birth. So, yeah, but that's not intellectually satisfying. Now you know. <laughs> no, no, that's what I'm saying. So, but it's it, it is how it is. So, if you accept that, you can just pick up anybody and say, oh, I was like this in the last birth. You know whether good or bad. So that's that's one side of the answer. And the second one, it skipped my mind. What was I trying to say? Um, no, I, it'll come to me. Then I'll say it again. <laughs> there were two sides to it. I the, the, if I may add, uh, the the other one is uh, if you look at some of these um, the uh, child uh, geniuses, right? You know, I think uh, Swamiji talks about. Is it Mozart? Uh, in the book, um, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and you know, if even if you look at our own uh, Adi Shankara, for instance, or or, or others who um, who are born with so much talent, so where does that come from? I mean, it's not just talent; it's 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 something else, right? Like Adi Shankara was able to write so many of these things in his um, by the time he was 11, 12, and you know, it's it's like, and by 32. He had, he had done all this and he had left his body, right? So uh, how do you explain some of these kind of uh, occurrences, right? And um, um, the, the another way of looking at the same thing is, you know, if let's say a child is born to um, very gifted parents, let's say uh, to, to a mother or a dad who is... Um, very very gifted and let's say Sachin Tendulkar's son or whatnot, right? Or or some some famous singer's uh, uh, daughter. Now, um, one way of looking at it is, hey, they have all you know, they have the right genes and whatnot. Okay, so that's a, at the physical uh, reality level. But then you could also put it in another way: why were they born to these parents, right? Because of uh, you know um, of the the, of the past uh, uh, karma and the previous births because of which they were given this advantage in this birth to gain, to become better singers or to become a better player or whatnot because they have a guru in the house itself that uh, obviously they're going to get an advantage, right? So, um, so you could also look at it that way. I, I've always uh, been curious about this. Why, why somebody is born in the slums and somebody else is born uh, you know, to a very rich family and whatnot? So what is the difference? Right? We'll obviously come to karma, but then, um, uh, but then it's uh, uh, it at least provides a, an explanation in some way. Yeah, Kishore, I think that's a good point. Uh, but I think this is more an example of what uh, um, you know Alpna was explaining last time. So it's more to me like a anuman, the inference point. Whereas I'm looking for something more pratyaksh, something more, more direct. Yeah. Right? So that way you have a mm -hmm. You just know what's what's uh, uh, you know. Is, is, I'm just curious. I'm just wondering yeah, that yeah. why is it not known to us? It's just an intellectual curiosity. Asana, you raised your hand. Oh, if you allow me, I'll go for the answer. Let me give a shot. Rajesh, may I? Yeah, go ahead. See, I, I mean, it's a you know. I'm just trying to crack a PJ. Okay, is basically you know you will not know. Because it's the most convoluted balance sheet, more than the CEO of a Lala company can make. 
क्रेडिट क्या था कौन सी कंपनी में पैसा गया कब आया कहां से गया सो आई मीन इवन इफ यू वर टू नो इट यू नो हाउ मेनी लाइव बैक यू नो डिड वी डिड समथिंग गुड एंड वी डिड समथिंग बैड सो अल्टीमेटली यू विल फिगर आउट दैट यू आर अ मिक्स ऑफ गुड एंड बैड यू नो आई थिंक दैट्स व्हाट इट विल बी एंड यू नो आई आल्सो थॉट थिंक अ लॉट अबाउट दिस बट आई थिंक दैट यू नो पर्पसली इन ऑल दिस स्पिरिचुअल थिंग्स दे हैव लेफ्ट एन एलिमेंट ऑफ डाउट लाइक आई ऑलवेज थिंक दैट India is the only country or the only religion जो कर्मा वर्मा की बात करते हैं Christianity is very good पाप करो thank you sorry बोल दो मस्त हो जाओ ठीक है ना but in our Hindu religion you have to pay right in spite of that you see so much of you know cruelty and bad karma so I think intentionally you know there is there is some ambiguity left to take that uh, mechanicalness you know if I may there is no such word but I am saying that it's so mechanical अच्छा करो अच्छा होगा you know so i think purposely god has left some ambiguity and that's where the free will comes in you know that uh, it's not so mechanical you know i mean as human beings if everybody was dead sure you know that bad karma leads to bad outcomes then there wouldn't be any bad karma so i think by the way we have been designed you know there is this uh, ambiguity and therefore we you know the people who do bad karma i'm just saying whatever that bad karma means you know getting into that I think they also have this doubt. Yeah, such me milta hai kya bura fal. So let's try it out. No. So I think just these two points that a it will be very convoluted. I think the answer will be it's a mix of good and bad. And uh, you know, and second is that I think purposely it is left, and that's why the free will is there. You know, you use your wisdom, your buddhi, and uh, if you think that you know bad karma or you know giving hurting people or you know doing you know local lian ke opposite, you know working for yourself. is the way you do it and that's what i think i don't know does it that help or not you know and i i just wanted to actually yeah my second point i just remembered so that's why i raised my hand so it's actually in continuation to what rajiv was saying just imagine how the legal system will be if everybody remembered what they did you will go back to back to back oh i did because this 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 and then you know no case will ever be settled because because you can't settle the score of multiple lives anyway jokes apart but what i was saying vp was uh, yes it is not available under normal circumstances but it is there in our chip and we can open that chip to understand what we did so if you are really really keen actually you can there are there are people who can help you with that because i don't think the majority on the screen want to know what we did but if you really want it can be done so it's not impossible right i'll i'll take it offline with you also now <laughs> i'll put you in touch with people who can help i you. was i was thinking if all this i agree with you all and then i was thinking if all this we know then there will be a different science like ai and ai and neuro science or something will evolve and they will tell us like what we are going to be in the next 
or in the next uh, few days or future and then <laughs> it will be so confusing and the job of whatever the divine power will be lost and that's why he wanted to keep that that job with him so he didn't uh, let us know probably that that's how i felt actually the much more trivial answer but probably uh, very uh... Uh, i would say thought thought provoking answer is we've never been uh, you know we are never born never dies why are we talking about it? it's much ado about nothing i i i just have a question on all this so um when we are talking about the body's death uh so the mind and intellect then is uh, i think you call it sukshma sharir moves on so does uh so obviously the sukshma sharir has some kind of a a connect with the previous life right so um if i'm going to be born then i would want to go back to that life too i'm i'm it's a question would i want to go see my mother or my father or my children from my previous life See here again. The uh, you know the answer is: Is it life or lives? You know, if if it is ten, then where will you feel? You know, the if you were see ten parents, you know, and ten grandchildren, and <laughs> which one will you pick and choose? Is it okay? Ultimately, you'll get confused, and you know the emotions will get all. You know, <laughs> so that's what it is. It's a question of not life but lives. I think that's where the the key is. see also you know uh, let, let's be practical i you know if 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 uh, we have been living this life let's assume for the moment okay uh, roughly 50 years we've been we've been living if you do you remember every instant of our life today why why not why can't we go back to day 1 of bitspilani or day 3 of bitspilani it's not possible it's just not possible if that is the case you know what are we talking of a distant memory a few millions and millions of birth when we were namiba and all the way progressing or whatever which way progressing or regressing it, it, i think it's it's probably a uh impractical uh, question maybe you know for us to think about that's uh, my point of view but yeah i see two hands raised muku ashish let's go with uh, ashish first yeah i want to quickly say something so we we will remember all the way from us being an amoeba to <laughs> to humans then you you know that all of them were much ado about nothing <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay yeah yeah i i would try to add to the discussion and probably answer vp's question in another way uh, i would ask what's what's the point in remembering because uh, from what i have read and some personal experiences also the family if you think about uh they say that uh, all this we are struggling for and the quest we have gotten onto apparently uh it ends when uh, we give up our physical body so momentarily at that point in time uh that uh atma or settled body it it drops all the attachments of the world so you leave your relatives and you emotionally also leave and you are not attached so you are free so if you end up remembering everything the 100 lives or however many they have been you you are carrying those 
attachments and the vasanas and everything from every life that that's probably not not the goal and not the intent also and uh, another thing which i have read look, looks like a small child uh, yeah young child as they are born they they do remember of course i don't have the experience but have read that they remember and people say that when when a child a small child uh, he or she is smiling in sleep they they are actually recalling their previous life that's all from me well said ashish muku uh, thanks ajesh uh, i think the way I, at least uh, i kind of understand this process is uh, there there's a there's a every memory right if you really think about it there's like a the incident component there's an emotional overlay of that right somebody give you somebody a box of chocolate uh, it's it's a picture of the chocolate given but there's a there's a emotion of happiness associated with it you know, or other or the other way around a uh, lot of times emotion is not a pure emotion it has other tangible things like guilt uh, sadness happiness all of that goes with it right um so generally they say the, the the memory itself is neither good or bad right it just is recording of the, on the film but the emotion is what we struggle with all this handle um, afterwards and that's why you know i heard saying that you know the biggest blessing is not to remember your past because you know you, you're going to see a neighbor or somebody else who was your child and you didn't give him milk in the last birth and you know you i mean even with one birth you have so much struggle handling the memory i think to rajesh's point we don't remember everything as it happened uh, right and and five people in the same house the same incident will remember remember in five different ways right so the memory is really a subjective uh, aspect of it uh, that's kind of one context right so it's more uh, it's 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 like you know it's it doesn't add a lot of value the second part is if you based on all I mean, like the thinking is to get enlightened to get transformed to get liberated right it's really this moment and forward uh even though there's a thinking you know i, I meant like know all the past it doesn't really matter even knowing nothing um you just can jump into enlightenment now right it's like a flip of a switch uh somebody can just read bhagavad gita and and just flip into an enlightenment uh, journey right right from that point so the past doesn't add a lot of uh, cannot add a lot of value in the journey there too that's that's kind of how i understand this concept of you know passport and uh, why it is is by design it's left off because it's just a lot of baggage which doesn't really uh, take you to the destination is not needed to take you to the destination that's how i can understand this question well said bukko uh, manu yeah i think uh, what i was going to say is similar to what uh, mukundan was saying uh, which is basically what we've also learned right that uh, we cannot live in the past we have to be you know basically live in the present uh, because the present can you know help shape the future so we don't think so much about the future and we don't live in the past and we work on what we can do now um, but uh, the other thing i wanted to also just uh, reminded me when we were talking about, i think ashish was mentioning about the Uh, kids when they're little they uh, may remember their past uh, past lives i remember when my sister was little 
she would always talk up, you know when she she would refer to herself in the third person she always used her name and she said you know richa wants uh, to eat something or she wants this or you know mm. she wants to sleep or whatever so she didn't say i want to do this she would use her name and say you know so i mean people thought it was cute and stuff but now i'm thinking maybe you know the identification with this body hadn't happened yet and mm. <laughs> so just wanted to mention that that you sure on mute yeah so maybe vp if you still have any lingering doubts whether that's required for us to go back we can still discuss that well i do have my doubts but i think we should move on okay. <laughs> i mean let me just clarify let me just clarify move on to the future you mean right even that <laughs> we, the only thing that we have is the now and this instant we don't have anything that has gone by we don't have anything that there is both of them are not real the only thing that is real is the is this instant yeah not even 50 minutes ahead in our class but but vp if you are still interested in it, it it's a vast field like it's you you can go oh, into yeah, it yeah. and never never come back <laughs> <laughs> interesting also all right i guys i think we should move on but like uh, thank travel. you for your <laughs> yeah it's interesting to hear some of the answers oh, yeah I, but actually you know uh, just to dwell on that right from a different perspective you know uh, maybe sometimes when uh, when you sit back and analyze some of the dreams what you would normally have as an individual they give you a reflection of what uh, could have happened in your past lives sometimes you know you will come across certain um, uh, sequences in your dream that you may uh, you may wonder how this has come you know i have never experienced this but how has it come through the point is you know uh, i think i i don't remember whether i read it here or somewhere else see the memory can't be the memory of an event can't rest with somebody else who has not experienced it i mean you cannot go and experience eating an ice cream and then i can remember how how that ice cream tasted that's not possible so the experiencer and the person who has the memory of that will have to be the same person and that memory when it is relived which basically means that you are that same person who has experienced that somewhere is it always a memory or could it be a desire that is being reflected and you confuse it for memory uh different words at the end of the day memory desire everything is uh 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 a quote unquote a vritti in the mind vritti as in thought everything is ah. a thought desire okay. is also a thought so it's only we are giving it different names we are bucketizing it for our intellectual understanding but that sukshma sharira what chitra mentioned sometime back the way that i have understood it it's it's all vrittis and and desire cannot happen without memory right i mean we wouldn't desire for something without having experienced it if you really think about it. and that experience is the memory right mm. so it's interesting word you know i think uh, mukku will like this word the word called bio memory right even the body is a memory mm-hmm. but it's a solidified memory i think sometimes when we have like deja vu kind of experiences that is probably something from you know a 
perhaps a past life or something might trigger like, oh, I've been here or this is a familiar experience, even though I don't remember having done it, um, might be coming from you know, somewhere deep recesses okay. of the mind. Yeah, yeah. When we have we meet some people, sometimes there's an instant connection even without a word being spoken. Yeah. Right. Some connection from the past. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to add here, uh, Swami Bhumananda talks about um, um, the fear of death also being a memory. I mean, wh why do we fear death, or even a child, for that matter, is trying to preserve its body? Why? why where did that come from? It comes from uh, having experienced it, and hence that memory is there, right? So he uses that as a proof um, for the reincarnation theory, or one of the one of the ways in which you can say that hey, I I would have gone through that experience, and hence there is that fear of um, of going through it again. Yeah, yeah, and. I just want to take a minute to, uh, you know, uh, to just kind of, you know, just go back to what Anupama was saying, right? It's, there's no past or the present. It's only the, it, there's no past or the future. It's only the present. Actually, I was reading somewhere, you know, if you, if you look at time as a construct, right? The time is um, only when, when there are events that are happening. If there are no events that are happening, then we cannot determine time, right? And that we experience that in everyday life. You know, uh, even if you uh, even if you wear the best gadgets, you know the the iWatch multiplied by ten x capabilities or whatever, you know there's no there's no way that anybody can pinpoint when we actually sleep and when we actually get up. The moment of sleep and the moment of waking up is not possible. They can only you can only hypothesize. So based on that, you can say, okay, you know, a sixty eight percent deep sleep, twenty percent REM sleep, and all that stuff people categorize. But the but that event, when you go into the deep sleep, we really don't know how long have we slept because you cannot exactly pinpoint, you know, four hours, 23, 23 minutes, 13 seconds, I slept. It's not possible. And that's why the deep sleep experience is timeless. That experience, you know, you can, you can say, okay, I slept for six hours or five hours and, you know, all those, you know, gadgets, I also have one. It kind of shows on Duke and on all those analysis. But the time does not exist at that point of time, right? So the time, when you say, that means basically, you know, I think this Kishore mentioned it, right? In the previous GDs. So when, even in a real waking life also, the moment you are, you become conscious of time, then you're looking for events. So co convolutely, if you want to be uh, present all the time, don't look for events. So, so this is uh, uh, Vidya, and I wanted to ask about um, about the time, like how Anupama said. Is it relative? Like, for example, for human beings, it is this is the time, and for somebody else, it you know, like like an animal, it may be totally different. And if you take it beyond, like Brahmaji, then it's totally different. So, are you trying to say that time it li is limitless, or we can't even define that time? the present moment and does it differ for each species or each individual or each object or uh, yeah. I, I would say you know my understanding is that you know even uh, uh, for everything it's very different because it's all based on 
the mental construct right for example it, 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 there's a beautiful example what i read somewhere you know when you look up into the into the into the sky and if you see a star twinkle can you actually tell can you actually uh, uh, be be confident that the star still exists there or not at the time when you've seen it twinkling it's not possible <clears throat> because if you go with the standard uh, theory of light travels and all that maybe it's a few billion light years away it twinkled uh, sometime back the light took so much time to travel to reach to you right but by the time that star might have already de- been dead so do we then say what the past present and future is all the same yes it's all in our mental construct that confuses me quite a bit yeah. i, th- I yeah, think I yeah this is a, this like, is a very uh, difficult to concept actually too yeah, yeah it's like you know when we are kids or you know for kids one year is a very long time but once we are older you know it passes by in no time at all so i think it's all very relative and and based on experiences for an animal whose whole lifespan maybe you know i don't know a few months or a few years they've gone through so many experiences i think what what rajesh was talking about as events there so many events have happened in their lifespan that for them that is a long time so i think yeah i think it's very relative uh, i mean we we have sort of you know put some construct around it oh you know the sun rises and sets and that gives us a, a sense of a day and a night and a, you know month a year whatever but uh, it could be very different it could be experienced very differently because for a child you know a 5 year old child one year is one fifth of their lifespan by you know at that time so it's forever it's like 20% of their life so you know at our age it's like fraction of our life so it goes by in no time at all yeah so uh, i see uh, lakshmi you raised your hand lakshmi have some practical questions again uh, i hope so <laughs> uh put myself across uh properly uh, so here when we say we decide i mean i don't know if it's relative to the con- context but uh, when we say according to sloka 22 we say that um mind and intellectual intellect decides when to leave the body right how are we saying how are we in general saying that in terms of time um humans have at the most 100 years or 110 years we are defining that time to till then they can stay with the body and later on they automatically leave at some point right close to approximately and then if you compare to dogs um, maybe 15 16 years and so on right we are defining that time right so it's not each individual saying like i'm going to leave in 100 years or i'm going to leave in 30 years or so um that's one question um what was my second question i had my <laughs> second question also i'll come back to it but i, I have this question yeah that's we are defining the time here right uh, for each species 
before we answer that question, you know, I have a request for all those people who have not turned on your videos. Unless you have a bandwidth problem, would you please be able to turn on the videos? Thank you. You know what? The other question I remember just now, in terms of what's happening around the world, right? Especially in India and so on. And also we have uh, seen because of the situation um, in our, uh, here too, in, in some families at least. Um, there are lots of um, deaths and families are going through a lot of stuff, right? So of course, since we are having this Gita talk, at least we can understand to some extent or make sense to some extent what's death and birth and what's existence and all that stuff. But if, um, if a kid is going through this, right? How do you explain to the kid as a family member? So that's, that's another question. So these two. Yes. Great question. Muku, I see you raised your hand. Uh, so just just a comment on time. Time actually is a very deep topic. Is when uh, I kind of read a little bit, but uh, the time itself, the chronological time that we are seeing the sunset to sunset, the twenty four hours, is more of a Western construct. Uh, but the scriptural understanding I have, at least based on what I've read, is um, it's called shana, is a Sanskrit word for time. Uh, shana is more psychological. It's uh, defined as interval between two thoughts. Uh, that's why, like an example, if you're in a, in a group of friends like this and, and, you know, sometimes four hours will go and we all feel like it's only like you just met and it's been a few minutes. Uh, versus, you know, you could be uh, with a boss who doesn't, who you don't get along with. And it's a five, 15 minute meeting, but it feels like two hours, right? I think that's the, to the comment. Uh, also, you know, the kids don't feel it as much or whatever. So it's really a subjective, in the scriptural side of it, time is a very subjective reality. Uh, There's just one comment I want to make on that. It's not, it's not, uh, it's, it's based on the situation and context and how uh, we relate with it emotionally at the point. Just, just one comment. I just want to leave it there. It's a deep topic. Thanks, Muku. That that answers that makes me much better in my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, uh, if, I mean, uh, there are a lot of good content on time, but they say that the the rishis say time is like matter, right? The chronological time is like matter, right? The way you can you want to sit in a chair or move away from it. That's why you look at our scriptures. Like Shiva will, you know, go back a few years, he'll become younger, he'll become older, old lady, he will turn young. If you look at Shiva Purana, you'll see a lot of those examples. And it comes across in many, many scriptures also, because they know how to play with the dimension of uh, chronological time, what the world understands as time. But the, the, the context of time from spirituality is really the shana, the thoughts. That's why going to no mind state, then you're ageless. Uh, because there's no thought. So you're, you're that one body, like Mahatar Bhavaji is one of the examples some of us know. He's, he's been spotted for over like three, four, five hundred years, the same physical form uh, in Himalayas, in the physical form, not, not even a, a lighter body, right? And he comes in the same exact form because they just lost that. Uh, there's no second thought. You know, so they just stay there. Uh, 
body stops aging also that's just some of the esoteric aspects of time so what was the second question that lakshmi had and now i lost uh, lost track yeah you know i is about how do you explain death uh, to a child ah okay is that right? i can i can uh, i can i can share one personal example there right uh, my son uh, just as an anecdotal right kids are very intelligent uh, when my son was like uh, two or three years we bought him the first fish tank uh, and then like we didn't know the first set of fishes die right we didn't know that we just first into that so we we got about three or four fishes and then um, first day typically when you have a fish tank first day the fish dies because it's still accumulate water doesn't have enough bacteria whatever right uh, so we installed the tank he was very happy and then he went to sleep next day morning you know a couple of them are floating up in the water right so me and wife are talking like how do i explain this to my son right uh, because this is pet fish died um, then he, he we walked down like you know we kept it Like we took a fish and left it out of the water and just left it there and i went to work and then but we didn't know how to answer the question to exactly to the point uh then when we came back like i, I asked my wife did he spot did he did notice a difference right she said yes oh he saw the, uh, the fish die right and then i asked him what did he say he said oh you know they went to sleep and they never woke up that's how he had, that's what he said you know like when he just told oh the fish died and my wife asked him what do you mean he said they they go to sleep and they don't wake up you know they they kind of grasp in a very simplistic way is what i realized uh, when i heard him say that just just a anecdotal that's very interesting i i i wouldn't have imagined that at all yeah my 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 jaw dropped when i heard the answer i mean sometimes they are very simplistic right in grasping the that's what i realized with them they are more wiser than us for most parts i guess at the at the, you know somewhere in uh, intellectually we all probably know this right from many years of or many lives of going through it so maybe it's it's embedded somewhere uh, you know the understanding that this kind of thing happens but i think lakshmi maybe your question is more how to how to help them deal with it emotionally or or am i wrong yeah yeah that that is true emotionally and how do you explain that to them especially the uh bigger kids from my experience usually in india that's how we are told right that we they, they never say they're dead they say they've gone to you know the the higher worlds etc etc and they're there they're happy you know so so that's how we've been told even without you know even to kids even, even if we are not reading any scriptures etc but that's how it is mentioned you know i remember growing up if anybody would pass away they say um you know that they've gone to different world that's all they say <laughs> you know that they they're happy there they're being taken care of there they've met actually their parents you know who we wouldn't have seen so that's how they would they would just explain to us and uh, maybe yeah, that's to the point you know what manu was trying to say that somehow we've just read heard this 
again and again from somewhere. Um, I know you're referring more to you know these kids who are studying science and they want a lot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but but yeah, I think <laughs> it's harder to explain to them. At the same time, um, I have, as Muku was saying, sometimes I have gotten some statements from my kids which really surprised me that you know the kind of stuff they read they actually are okay open to discussing some things and their viewpoint is sometimes in a more simplistic way but very enlightening Mm. because i asked my my daughter once what's purpose of life and she said enlightenment and i was like what (laughs) 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 what do you mean by enlightenment (laughs) it's called clarity And and she reads the darkest books, you know, so <laughs> which bother me a lot. And then I figured out what she gets out of it is not bad. <laughs> it's a higher purpose. That's pretty cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so 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 have that conversation. You'll be surprised that they would get it better than you know how we uh, how we are trying to figure it out. Um, no, I was, uh, I think Alpana stole my thunder. I was about to say, um, I had that conversation with my son. I mean, I went for a long walk with him last weekend. And as we were walking in the city, actually, in San Francisco, uh, this topic came up, what happens uh, during after death, right? And we were talking about India and all the deaths that are happening. And mm-hmm. suddenly the topic turned to this. Um, then I explained to him uh, that, you know, the subtle body traveling and all that's all that stuff. And then he was more intellectually curious at this point. So how, how do you connect it? I mean, okay, that's all theory and it's part mm. of scriptures and how does it... So uh, then I kind of explained in terms of the, the five elements and then in, in the fact that, mm. you know, um, Atma is subtler than the five elements. In fact, um, that is, it is explained and I, I believe in one of the Upanishads, that when the subtle body travels, I mean, it's subtle, obviously we can't see it. It's, um, um, it gets mixed with space and how it takes the next birth, that is. That is explained as it gets mixed with space. Again, it's subtle, so it's subtler than space. Hence it can mix in with space, mix in with air and so on, all the way to earth. Eventually gets consumed by the parents and then that gets back into the physical body, right? So uh, this is explained in one of the Upanishads. I have not read it, but I've read it in a book, um, um, quoting that. So uh, it connected that to how, you know, um, this may, this is possible because it's subtler and all that is possible. Um, And then it kind of gets back into the physical uh, body again, into the physical realm. And uh, uh, that's what happens, right? And, yeah, you know, that was a pretty good conversation. And I, I again, I agree with what Alna said, which is that they listen or read a lot of, at least in this case, he, I mean, they're exposed to anime, they're exposed to um, uh, some of these Japanese um, uh, stories, which are very similar to uh, mythological tales from India and, and taken to a, in a you know, different stylistic uh, way. I mean, they, they are familiar with these concepts they're familiar with reincarnation um, and all those things and so now putting it together is probably connecting the dots in some way uh, for them 
So I would definitely encourage, uh, if it's somebody older than, let's say, 13 or 14, uh, it definitely makes sense to talk about it. I think uh, uh, Mar- I had, Marvel uh, Universe really helps them understand the whole, <laughs> you know, birth, the, the different rebirth, the, the difference in the time, you know, how different people experience time, etc. I think Marvel Universe has got it all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had these conversations with her and uh, I mean, she's very inquisitive and and so my question and I couldn't, I, I think your answers in a way, I, um, I will be able to probably explain her better. So I was explaining her in the subtle causal and all that and I think I confused her more <laughs> a little bit. So this is, uh, yeah, the subtleness and all that that you gave. Um, that 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 helps yeah i'll be able to converse with her when time comes thanks Ms. chitra yeah um i was uh, i was thinking about what lakshmi your question right um so a couple of things uh one is yes i think mukundan said when you're young i think um you have a certain amount of wisdom that takes you through death, right? And each uh, child you know, perceives it differently. Some perceive it as, you know, they've gone to sleep and they're not going to wake up. Um, I can personally say, speak about myself. Uh, I was nine years old when my dad passed away. Uh, and I perceived him as uh, being in a star. Yeah. Uh, not that someone had told me. It just... You know, it just, I felt that's what it was. So it could be maybe from some Amar Chitra Khata or I, I don't know, or it could be some previous life. We don't know. Um, but as they grow older, I think it has to be their own journey. And um, I think that's what Alpna was talking about, right? So they will put, pick the books that they like and they will get what they need because they are going to understand it the way they want to understand it. And I have realized that uh, if, um, um, if we give them answers, um, especially like I think what you're talking about is, you know, this quote unquote scientific reasoning, right? So a lot of this is not very scientifically proven because there is uh, no experiment done or, you know, it's all, it's not visible to a microscope or it's not, visible to all the material advancements we have done so far, right? Uh, and the children are being, um, are going through uh, education, which is all scientific, you know? Um, scientifically, you have to prove, otherwise it's not true. Uh, so I think it's, it's a journey where they have to come to that extent where they say, oh, actually science doesn't have answer for so many things, you know? And then they have to say, okay, what else will have an answer? So I think it's a journey that each child will have to go through themselves. And maybe um, passing away of a dear one or a loved one could be the, uh, um, you know, the switch for them to uh, start this journey. Uh, that's, I, that's what I have realized because I, I, I have two older children and I have realized there's no point telling them what I think is true for me because what's true well for me said. might not yeah. be true for them. No, very well said that. Uh, I mean, quick question for you, though. Um, I, I, and I completely agree with you. Uh, and it's, it's each their own journey. But I was wondering, is there, um, 
you know, since we, uh, you know, we have this tendency to say, hey, I, I know all these things and I want to share, right? That, that is that strong urge to do that. But I mean, that I also realize that more often than not, it may not, it may not go there, it may not reach. However, I, I do feel when there is an opportunity, I'm just curious, um, if, if there is an opportunity, is there something wrong in planting a seed? If not the whole thing, a seed, because that seed will eventually um, manifest at some point, as, as you pointed out, when the circumstances are right, when they go through their experiences, and then there is a seed uh, and something to fall back on or something that at that point, if they know, they know they can fall back here. Now that's that's how I look at it anyway. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. I think as long as we uh, we tell the children that this is my belief, it does not have to be your yeah, belief. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I'd leave it that well, well, that that we do all the time, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean if you're a vegetarian, the... you say you can't eat meat because I believe that you know you're killing an animal, right? I mean, I, I'm sorry if there are any non-vegetarians here or. What I'm trying to say is we do pass on some of our beliefs, like, you know, and then the child says, but no, you know, that's not true. Or, you know, the, yeah. I had this big argument about eggs. Yeah, uh, in my house, we don't eat eggs. And my son was saying, but these are not fertilized eggs, so why can't you eat? So you see what I'm trying to say is, uh, then, then I tell him, I don't believe because whatever, you know, I have a certain, I've been trained for so many 50 plus years, I can't undo my training. But you, you choose what you want to believe and you figure out what works for you. Yeah. So I think that's the same thing with all these esoteric questions also about life and death. So, yes, I think we can only tell them our beliefs. I'm sorry, taking yeah. up too much time. No, I think I've seen two hands raised. Maybe on, on this topic, we can just cover, uh, you know, some uh, inputs from Muku and Guns and then probably, you know, we probably will have to move on to another topic and you know, death and time, we seems to have mastered it by now. So let's get to Muku. Yeah, just that's a good question, right? I think what I've, what I've realized over the years is the chill, kids, like they're listening to the parents talk or what the household discussions are more and they softly imbibe many concepts from there. So if, if uh, you know, if in the house you're talking about rebirth or even concept of between your husband and wife, father and mother, grandmother, if these discussions are happening constantly in the in the house, they are listening in and shaping their understanding and belief system. So uh, I've seen it really. I'm just surprised how much they pick up from the conversation in the house and how one the parents react to situations, right? Uh, without without hypocrisy, right? How parents apply these concepts when life problems come. Uh, they imbibe so much more than just uh, like you no. Know, at least my son, he imbibes so much more than me telling him. When they start telling him something, you know, it's just like it tunes off in like 30 seconds, right? Uh, that's how, that's that's been my experience. So I try not to tell him anything. <laughs> this is an experience, that's all. Good. Hey, sorry. Um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can. Okay. Yeah, I, I just want to say, uh, we are all, we, we all uh, went to Pilani or uh, some other college and we've all gone through scientific education, engineering and, and wh whatever we did, right? So what I have been trying to tell my kids is, um, you know, 
that that science is extremely helpful in the physical world and it's uh, you, it's got a lot of applications and everything however it's extremely limited also and point out some limitations of the scientific understanding we have so far um that seems to help but again i think uh, they need to feel that we are open to a conversation if we don't have the conversation then like like what chitra was saying um then it, it just they just shut down so and sometimes the questions are extremely challenging uh, which have led me to go and do some more exploration on my own and and then get back but it's it's uh, it's always really helpful to have the conversation because it raises questions in our minds also <clears throat> rajini yeah i just want to just add to what muku and kishore and chitra kind of said on planting the seed so in my house i'm not even having to say anything just my son watching me just attending geeta classes and things like that he's coming and asking me you know what's going on with geeta and what are you learning so it's really a good way for me not to push my thought on him but him the other way around you know so i think mm. it really helps when you see the parents doing something or watching them they are getting the interest in asking themselves um, so i just wanted to point that out yeah, yeah. And, and you know maybe on this topic i i just have one want to make one final comment and then probably move on to the next uh, topic that uh, i have in mind i think you know uh, there's there's no need to be uh, overly uh, worried about spiritual education or anything it's like educating uh, the people that we care for most the children on things like you know sex education or drug education or even public display of affection things like that you know as long as there is some kind of a you know mystery that we put on to it then i think people get curious you just make it natural feel make it natural you know talk about life death uh you know sex education or drugs or alcohol use or disabuse make it a normal conversation i don't think uh, uh, you know kids kids should be worried about it it's just that we have as parents you know we have our own inhibitions and limitations in terms of doing some of these things you know in a much more open way at the end of the day you know bringing up children is not for them it's for our own maturity i would feel rather than you know we don't need them they need i mean they don't need us we need them we think that you know they need us and all that stuff it's all mental construct but in reality it's uh, we who are expanding our minds with the environment given to us that's uh, that's how i see it all right um i want to just move on you know the the fact that we've talked about death uh, and that there is there is a potential principle within us that that is never born never dies kind of you know uh, gives in uh, and also the analogy that uh, uh, swami ji talks about which comes from bhagwan krishna's uh, thing right you drop off old clothes and then you go find new clothes because at that point of time you realize that those clothes are not useful for you because you're going for a tennis you can't wear uh, nice starched clothes and then you wear the right appropriate clothes and move on and i think that's a powerful analogy which which kind of you know explains how the concept of reincarnation happens and and what what kind of you know what what uh, came to my mind is uh, the moment you drop those old clothes 
the wool clothes can go into the laundry machine you can launder it and you can use it but unfortunately the body has to be used in a different way it has to be laundered for somebody else you know that's why there was a there was a point of time when uh, i was i was not even sure about whether uh, organ donation and all that stuff is is a good thing or not i'm talking about some several uh, years back but once i understood this concept i did not even think twice to say that okay if after my death okay not just my eyes or cornea whatever every part of my body can be donated i have written that as part of my quote unquote uh, whatever death wish and i said you know it doesn't matter you know i i don't think anybody bothers after i die you know just take everything so it's useless for for me and it has to be laundered in a different way so let it get laundered what do you guys think about it then why do uh, people cremate like that there is different religions following different things right so some um cremate was hindus especially so why do they think that um it's good to cremate uh just to add to that like i mean the the organ donation i i too have signed up for the whole thing like take whatever you can uh and use uh reuse but i think like the way the medical procedure works is they take all the things and then you can still whatever is not transferable gets cremated so you could you could do that one then the second thing i i joke about it to my wife or uh, others anyone who listen to me is that i'm going to be immortal like if all this spots like by vedanta we are already immortal like uh, uh, we we live on forever but this is like another way like this biological cells kind of uh, being kept alive and whatever like if the person chooses to pay it forward or so on uh, yeah but but the, the other way about uh, other ways of uh, burying the body or something else that that gets uh, more tricky i think it's up to each person what what they believe and they want to do with the, the various organs but it's, it's it's a good thing my my two second pitch please sign up for organ organ donation <laughs> absolutely rajiv i see you raised your hand see if i you know this shloka we been you know this is i think second most popular after karmaneva adhikaraste you know so i mean and that's what i think but see the point is that you know just knowing that you know this is a you know body which you are changing doesn't give that emotional sucker you know what's happening in india you know if you i mean kind of horror stories i am hearing you know 24 year old chap died in 48 hours of contracting covid and i mean by so two two things i want to say one is that this shloka is a great intellectual construct and uh, you know okay there is a cell which cannot be you know slain and you know it's eternal etc etc so i think uh, you know for it to give any emotional sucker i think one has to have that spiritual evolution otherwise absolutely just the intellectual construct you know that's uh, you know what i feel about this and uh, that's where and second thing is that you know see we are as as i joked last time you know that uh, you know if i can have a great life i don't want enlightenment who wants mokta if i can have a great life etc etc i'm just saying that everybody is worried especially at the age bracket where we are and if we have had you know a close blood relation who suffered you know a disease a prolonged disease you know bedridden for many years you know so if that body is not working for me can i shed it 
the worry is not that you know that you know you will go to another body the worry is also that will i have to have this worn out body you know when it's no longer working for me and uh, you know just imagine you know i mean i've had you know some very close blood relation my own sister you know who suffered for two two and a half years and you know the kind of agony she went through you know i mean uh, we didn't know what to pray for you know for her life or her death so i'm saying that you know i mean the that's what sometimes creates you know uh, i will not say skepticism but you know uh, you know what should i do with these shlokas yeah i mean it doesn't help to give emotional succor it doesn't help you to you know give up the body when it needs to go you becoming a burden you know for so many other people in the family and you're suffering yourself so that's where you know and i think that these three shlokas are quite you know what we had in today's uh, you know thing that don't worry you know you're not slain them they're already like that and they'll be there so that these are the two perspectives you know of course there's not much time to get into that so but these are the two perspectives i had yeah yeah so rajiv actually you know you raised a very important point and that's that's um, um, you know two things one is and i know i noticed that vidya has raised a hand but unfortunately vidya i'm going to steal uh, your your slot and then talk about this so the, the rajiv the point is at the end of the day you know uh, uh, if we if we have to prepare ourselves in advance it's like taking buying insurance nobody is going to give us insurance at a point of time when we have met with an accident okay at that point of time we got to struggle whatever financial difficulties that it's going to bring us or you know physical difficulties is going to bring us we have to struggle with it we don't have a choice but do we have the foresight to buy an insurance up front so that you know it may be a little bit of investment of our monies but that's going to prevent us with a major uh, mishap similarly you know same thing you know uh, knowing where the exit doors in a flight are okay before the flight takes off in my view is much more important than you know scrambling for it when that event happens okay that's one point and and the second point is you know uh, yeah they, they may not give succor to all the people at all the time but at the end of the day for for someone who is prepared okay um, the moment the moment the person is prepared the idea that who you are as whether you are you identify yourself most with the body or with the mind you know when you start when one starts thinking about it then the uh, the then the uh, uh, the strong attachment to that part of our personality i'm not saying that they are not important okay like when you're sitting in a car the car is important but if we think car crashing is my life crashing that is a wrong understanding therefore if you if you say okay uh, yeah people are struggling struggling this cancer happening uh, the, the body is decaying and all that stuff it's all it's going to happen and that is important but is that where you associate most of your personality with the question is the question that needs to be asked mm. the point is the spiritual education helps us to ask that question the moment we ask that question then when we say no that is not what it is then you say okay no i associate with my emotions okay then again the questions come is that where you associate your yours yourself with are you your anger are your happiness then you say no that's not what it is i associate myself with something else with an idea that you know everybody should be happy so i'm going to figure out how to make everybody happy then again you know you start living that life and then you say is that where you associate your you know your identity sense of identity then you say then you get confused right at some point of time and then you say okay what's this, what is the structure which says okay where is my sense of identity and that goes back to the first point what chitra raised what is my ego 
that is the ego the ego is not the the ego as the english definition ego is where is my sense of identity at this point of time that is my ego and it can vary within the day it can vary over a period of lifetime so based on that sense of ego is what we do okay in our life it, any activity what we do today okay you are trying to understand yourself as to where your sense of identity is where your sense of ego is and you want to satisfy that ego so uh, so what i i said that's a great point so what you're saying is if you invest enough before that event hits you then that pain and agony will be that much lesser because your sense of identity with the body and etc will be that much lesser so you know whether something happens to you or you lose a loved one you know that you know once that identification that shift somewhere else you know then that agony will be more bearable that's correct. what i hear you correct a cobra is a dangerous snake okay if i have the knowledge that cobra is dangerous snake i know how to deal with it but if i don't have the knowledge that cobra is a dangerous snake i can be bit by it simple knowledge is important knowledge is required for us to figure out what to do okay three hands uh, vidya i apologize please go i took your slot no problem actually i was going um, the way you were going rajesh so uh, very nicely said rajiv and rajesh i just wanted to bring the whole three shlokas together and what i got out of it um it's beautifully said how najayate mriyate you know how he has brought that first shloka and then he goes into the second shloka and clearly says what is our law of dharma or law of being and to know ourselves right so so that's what he says and then he talks about that avinashi the nityam and the um, ajam and all all those words he uses in the second shloka which is uh, i think shloka 21 um beautifully he says that and then he questions when he questions he questions not only himself as a krishna but he also says that him same thing to arjuna also i really like that part um to to basically understand that we are none other than himself or he is none other than us you know so that portion really uh, made me think of when we th- think about birth death or anything it all just nullifies our emotions to what we have to think about ourselves as real self so when anupama was trying about to say about that chanam or mukund was trying to say that chanam in that chanam we need to understand you know the self of ours so that when we think about the third shloka in today's lecture is to we are changing the clothes and when we are going for tennis we are changing something else but when we are sleeping we are changing to another sleep clothes right so all these are just events but at the same time we just need to focus on our real self so that's what i liked about it and how he describes on the Uh, shloka 21 so that really brings out the best in all the three shlokas together for me nicely said vidya anupama yeah, ni- nicely said yeah, this and rajesh i loved your comments too on on the preparation part really good good examples thank you anupama Uh, um mine is not specifically on any of this and i don't know if it's the appropriate time to ask this but 
Do our scriptures address euthanasia while we're talking about death? I don't know. Uh, I have That's heard a great guru, question. Yeah, I heard my guru talk about it. I can share what he shared. For the scriptures, uh, the body has to live through the karma, whatever the karma is. So per the Hindu, at least the scriptural references, the uh, this concept of mercy killing is like, you know, you're like committing suicide a little bit. Uh, it's not recommended at all. Because if the body has to go through a certain karma and if it needs to be in coma for a few whatever time, it, it needs to die, its soul needs to exit at the right time. That's what my guru has said uh, on this answer. So just sharing that. I'm not Uku, sure. You just spoiled my plans. I was going <laughs> to write that, please. You just spoiled my plans. I was just going to write that if I'm on a ventilator, please shut it off. <laughs> I wouldn't want to suffer. <laughs> Don't do that. At, at least if you believe the, the Hindu scriptural side, they say it's not a good idea. So. Uh, and Mukundan, I mean, I, I, I've also, whatever I have read, it just says that you're procrastinating. You know, you suffer so you can't escape it. Yeah, even if you escape, you're going to be you. That comes to the question of Rajesh uh, when he asked about abortion and non-abortion. So I, I don't know how to answer that, but I don't know if somebody has that answer. But then, then also there's that samadhi, no? See, I think abortion is an easier one in the sense that to the extent um, if the if the it's a, ultimately to me it's a women's choice that if she if she wants to bring that life into the world then go for it if not then you know it's part of her being and uh, and of course she may have to live with the consequences of her actions emotionally perhaps but that's that's their choice I mean that's how I have come to think of that question. So my question first would be if an unborn child is, is already a, an existence or not? That's the first question. Then the question no, of... Abortion. How do you define the existence then, right? Think about where the existence comes from. So Alpana said, you know, when you cut the umbilical cord, then you are, you know, like, so that just, you know, I have too many questions on that. Like, when do we say a person is in existence? And that's why the question I, I can't answer, I was thinking about when Rajesh asked that question, I was thinking, when do I say that a person is born and when the person is not born? Is it at conceiving or is it at cutting the umbilical cord? It's like- There, there, was, a, there was a Swamiji who joked, okay? You were born because you went with your father to the party, came back with your mother. <laughs> <laughs> The scriptural answer is actually Hatya is one of the biggest crime. So make what you want to make out of it. Peter's killing, Peter's killing is one of the, the most severe sin you can commit. That's why I'm against abortion. But, um, but yeah. Uh, yeah so I, but, I agree. Alpana, I, I, I read the same thing. And scripturally, I, yeah. I mean, anything, anything you, yeah, you can't kill, yeah. You can. It's violence. Yeah. And, and Rajesh, to your point, switching of ventilator is fine because they say naturally you have to suffer till you suffer. It's not using the, the medical assistant. So you can ask for 
hope not but oh good i have hope <laughs> we, we are past 7:30 i still have four hands raised and uh, you know i am going to allow two minutes we'll go with vivek mittal first hey, my, my my hand was up <laughs> okay alpana okay we'll go with your hand i just so wanted vivek's hand was up first <laughs> sorry sorry um the, the i just wanted to before we close this the shloka where the example is given i think some people raise a doubt that when you change the old clothes you are very happy but death is definitely doesn't it seem it doesn't seem to be a happy process right so that quest, that question is raised and the the way it is answered is when you take a small kid who's busy playing and you try to pull the kid away from playing and try to change his dirty clothes he will not be happy so that's how it is it is answered that you know it's not that <laughs> not everyone is unhappy by that so i thought that was very uh, sweet answer uh, yeah. one more point that grihnati versus sanyati in this shlok is used so for the clothes it is used we grahan meaning we get new clothes whereas sanyati means you go to a different body so i thought you know that was a that was a good you know the the usage of words is just so beautiful in these uh, in these things so yeah thank you rajesh that's why i missed the chanting but uh, that's me we will get to that sooner okay uh, 731 vivek mittal please go so very quickly you know i mean i uh, this this concept of death is something i've been contemplating uh, quite a lot because there's so much of it around i mean now in delhi and so many people are passing away the the stories about people passing away within minutes of each other um uh, the you know in families entire families disappearing but there are others who are spending weeks and months on on the ventilator without any knowledge and there was a lovely article that i i posted i found it lovely uh, last uh, a few days back on do we have an obligation to live as long as we can and it explores you know if if uh, let's say let's say you know we we maroon in an island are we obligated and there's no way of getting away from that island um because the ship we came on is, is sunk um do we have an obligation to carry on um if if you're incapacitated say so it's, it's it's worth reading is what i just wanted to say uh if if you're interested in this concept and of course i mean there is there you know the other extreme is there are people going all out to try and extend their life as much as possible um that's the other side of euthanasia is says um uh, you know treating life as a disease or or death as a disease um and aging as a disease and you know coming up with long uh, long longevity or longevity cures uh so this whole area is very very complex and uh, it quite interesting to to review from uh you know what what our scriptures say about um uh, you know dying dying or allowing death to take us over or take us across so just wanted to share various options i don't i don't have a particular view one way or the other thank you vivek ranjani i i was exactly going to speak to the same point that vivek brought up so we said euthanasia is wrong but keeping people alive um, you know on a ventilator for years or whatever the time is that something you know so with the situation we are going through we have somebody um, i know that's on a ventilator where all the organs have failed but they're going to be on a ventilator now when maybe the bed should be given to somebody else that probably um you know can survive so is that correct to prolong life um you know is that what do our scriptures 
say about that. Um, so that was my question. I don't know if you have time to answer, but <laughs> the reverse of euthanasia. So no, we will we'll probably continue the discussions on the chat. Please raise the question here. We'll continue the discussion in the chat. So VP Rajesh, I, I see your hand raised. Yeah, no, I was just going to make two points on the um, one on the um, you know kids and the spirituality. I, I have a perspective that you know the sooner you introduce them to it in small doses, I think it's just good. Um, so that's how I feel about that. And I think to uh, Lakshmi's question about why do Hindus burn the bodies, the way I've understood that is that you know ultimately, um, and I think I had posted this. Uh, uh, a paragraph from Swami Chinmayanan's commentary on Bhajgovindam, where he talks about that, you know, ultimately the earth gets life to a plant and that plant becomes food for the men and, you know, so on and so forth. And so ultimately you are, by burning it, you are taking it back to earth. So I think that's how I've understood why, you know, in Hinduism, we burn the bodies. Hope that helps. Great, great discussion. You know, despite the fact that, you know, we talk about death and everything, I think the concluding prayer that we have is such a powerful prayer in Asatoma Satgamaya. So we should probably say that again, once again, and, you know, remember what the meaning of the particular thing is so it can lead us from the right, from the wrong thing to the right thing. So let's stay, let's share our prayer. Om Asatoma Satgamaya Gamaya Tamasoma Jyotir Gamaya Mrutyorma Mrutangamaya Om Shanti 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 Sarve Jana Sukhino Bhavantu Om Tatsat. Hari Om everyone. Enjoy your blessed day. We continue the conversation on the chat. Rajesh, uh, next three shlokas for the next class. Yes, that will be good. I was just looking at it, but I forgot to mention. Thank you. Next three shlokas. I don't remember the numbers now, uh, but the next three ones. I'll, I'll put it on the chat window. 23, 24 and 25. And just a quick note, if anybody is interested, Swami Sarupriyananda ji is talking on one particular shloka of Brihadaranya in about 20 minutes. Uh, he'll actually do it for next four Sundays. So I'll post the link. It's a YouTube link. And uh, it actually answers, uh, you know, that question. If uh, uh, more like, you know, if uh, that you and you confusion we had last time. So he's actually going to elaborate on that one. So I'll just post the link in, any, in case anybody wants to join that. It's in 20 minutes from now. Thank, Thank you. you. Hariyom, everyone. Hariyom. Hariyom.